Today on the Nerd Outcast podcast, we talk about The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Welcome back. I'm your host, Chris Bashan, and like I just mentioned a moment ago, we're going to talk about Breath of the Wild, the what I would argue is one of the best games of all time that came out about two years ago, um, launching with Nintendo's new Switch system. Uh, it's been the latest entry in the Zelda series, and it has garnered many awards, so I brought on many nerds. Uh, to discuss this uh, seminal work with us. Uh, most of these voices you are familiar with, T. Scott, Ross, Christian Masonic, John Luce, Jeremy Connie, Gavin Dinellon, Matt Young, and Bill Nielsen. Um, I want to jump right into this discussion, um, and I kind of want to start with you, Bill, because there's been a lot of awards and there's been a lot of talk about Breath of the Wild, but you said you were not taken with the game. Is that correct? That's correct, and I, I have to give a disclaimer here because... I know that the game is, you know, well regarded everywhere. That when I first began playing, I got my launch edition Switch. I got my Breath of the Wild as the first game with the system. I played for ten hours, and my Switch kept crashing on me as I was playing. And so after going back and forth with Nintendo on this for a bit, eventually they had me send in the Switch and get it uh, repaired or a new one or whatever. And I lost my save data. So then I, I began playing again, and that could have impaired my enjoyment of the game. I did end up playing 10 hours, I think, with each leg of the game. But, you know, that hey, I got I to gotta put that out there first. That's okay. Uh, was the, was the, the fault with the Switch because of Breath of the Wild? I'm just curious, or was there a faulty unit that you had? Did Nintendo ever elaborate? It was... Uh, so I would get some kind of error code every time I tried to put the Switch into... Uh, sleep mode is what would happen and hmm. like the first couple days the system was out like i tried to like you know google the error code and i couldn't find any results finally after a couple days had passed and like talking with nintendo support they're just like yeah you gotta send it in and uh yeah as part of the whatever fix they did they had to wipe all the hard drive memory or couldn't save it or transfer it or however so okay. yeah um did you finish the game no i didn't finish the game so i each time I got up through uh, fighting one of the four divine beasts, uh, both times with the, the Zora people, and that's where I, I left off. Okay. Um, what is your currently your favorite Zelda game? Currently, my favorite Zelda game is Link Between Worlds from the 3DS. Right now, I'm going through. Uh, <laughs> right now, I'm going through uh, Link's Awakening for the Switch, mm -hmm. and uh, I would probably slot that in under. Uh, Link Between Worlds and uh, Link to the Past. Like there, there are some technical issues with Link's Awakening that are really kind of limiting it. And also, I'm finding that like the way. So ironically, because Breath of the Wild is very open-ended in how you navigate it, uh, Link's Awakening is maybe too constricted in how you get around the world. Like there's always like one way into a segment of the map, and then like one way out. And let's. Like... Is this your first time playing this? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just that's, that's just that was just like you know it was a Game Boy game. Like, yeah, yeah it was very like twenty five. It doesn't old. bother yeah. me at all, and I've heard that several times. Right about it's, that game, people are like, "It's so linear." I'm like, "It's from like 
I don't know, like 1892. I don't it's know. It's an interesting cultural type of like This is an old game that's been remade, so new yeah, generations so it, are like, I have an expectation for a whole new game. Oh, yeah, I like blasted not, that thing in like, like 30 minutes. Like okay, this is in a Link's Awakening <laughs> podcast. Okay. But, so in general, Bill, you would say it seems like you have a stronger preference for the 2Ds. Is that would that be fair to say? That's fair, yeah. So okay. like I played Ocarina, I played Majora's Mask, I've played some of Twilight Princess, and like I played some of Breath of the Wild. No Majora's Mask is really but, good. I just gotta say it. Okay. Agreed. Bill stop, stop doing I that. want I wanna hear what you don't like about Breath of the Wild. I want you to spill the tea. Other than, like, Switch problems. Other than yeah. it, without comparing I, it to other Zelda games, what about the Breath of the Wild experience it, was... It like I might actually share some of your opinions. I probably am... I love the game, but I have some reservations. So I'm curious to see where it lapsed for you. I was like a gentleman who was pointing out spilled the tea, but he didn't know. <laughs> yes, bitch, spill the tea! Yes, So there are the two main things that Flat. got in my way are... And this first one isn't strictly, like, a thing that's wrong with the game. It's like, you know, there's mechanics-based game building and narrative-based game building. And so, uh, from the start, Breath of the Wild is like, here is this world. Uh, if you can think of a thing to do in it, you can go and do it. Uh, so, like, you know, you can go get the magnet power up and, like, get on a boulder and, like, fly the boulder through the skies. Uh, like, basically, from the jump of the game. But... What I, I generally prefer in games is that there is a, a narrative backbone to them. And, you know, you get a little bit of a taste of that at the start. And there's some very, very scant moments, like, out in the world that you can find with, like, the photographs. And, like, when you go into towns, there's, like, some moments to interact with people. But for the most part, you know, you're just out in the world and experiencing that world. Which, you know, I, I appreciate why other people would get into that. Uh, but that wasn't really for me uh and then the the second thing that really got to me is like well if you're going to make a world that like i can go somewhere and like do anything i want whenever i want for the most part uh like i don't really like the stamina meter i, I found that to be uh very tedious at different points and like there are there's some like workarounds in game where you can like i forget but there was like a button you could press while you were dashing to like extend the stamina that you had and like when you're climbing and you're trying to run and like get places, I really love freedom of movement and having this somewhat artificial limitation bothered me. And then when you're also like encountering monsters in the world, I like having, you know, weapons and like being able to fight them, but the durability of the weapons really got in the way of that and made me like just not want to fight them. And maybe it was like, well, I have this cool sword. I don't want to like swing it, you know, six times and lose it. So I'm just going to like run away and like save it for later, I guess. And between those two things, it's like, well, it's hard for me to get around the world in the way I want to because there's monsters and, like, there's the stamina that's making it so I can't go as fast as I like. I like what I saw of the story, and I liked the shrines. I thought the shrines were really cool, but, you know, everything in between that was a uh, turnoff. Mayhaps I devil advocate just for a second. <laughs> didn't you just say that you didn't like how strict Link's Awakening was, but then you said you didn't like that this one wasn't? Well, it's still a number line. Like, Tea. something can go even farther. No, I know. I'm just, yeah. yeah. But I think that becomes the gameplay then. Like, the limitation is the stamina meter, and it is the way the weapons wear down. So part of the puzzle of the game, in my, from my viewpoint, was figuring out when to use what, when to run, when to, like, just kind of take it slower and, like, take things in and see things in the environment. 
I yeah. really liked that aspect of it. I do wish they had created some, because you can upgrade the stamina meter and you can get pretty strong. So like eventually that doesn't become a real hindrance. The one thing I wish the game had, and I loved the game. I'm very super like favorite game of all time now. Um, I wish that there was a way to repair. Yeah, items. that yeah. was my, that would be my that would been tweak. that would been super mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, I understand yeah, what they were doing. The big with big the, swords. Um, the breakability of the weapons, but I think they kind of overdid it. I think they should have been able to endure a little bit longer. Right. It just took out some of the fun of finding new weapons because you're like, well, it's going to last five swings no matter what it is, so I can't get too excited. Yeah, and ultimately it's like you end up using pretty much just your B tier because you've got to save that A tier because, I don't know, maybe something even bigger is out there and I can't waste my best sword. You're have always you, using your... Yeah. Have none of you been a wizard in D&D? Because I feel wizards deal with this all the time as far as, like, spells go. Has anyone... No? Okay, never no. mind. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I would like just like to make Chris, the point... Uh, I'd like to make Bash the point that the outcast <laughs> literally described three things about the game that I thought were the most amazing things about the game. Agreed. Oh. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, what can I mean one, Scott Ross on a podcast? Right. One, when you have the open world... When you truly can go and do anything and go anywhere, the only way that you can tell a narrative is by, like, it was genius. They told it by memories because there's no way to tell a narrative when your lead character can literally go anywhere on the map. So they solved that problem. How do we create a narrative when we have a completely open world? And the answer is... Oh well, simple. Make it so you're remembering memories, and then you piece them together, and they make one long narrative once you find them all. Um, the durability of the weapons. Yes, at the very beginning of the game, I was like, "Ah, oh, this kind of sucks. I like the sword, and now it's broken. Oh, I found another one. Oh, I found another one. Oh, I can't fight that guy. I'm gonna run for him." Every encounter is a problem. It's a puzzle. Every single minor encounter, it's a little puzzle. Not only that. Um, by the end of the game, you have your spots. Oh, I'm going to get my four swords over there. I'm going to get my, okay, I'm going to get more arrows over there. And you find like little, you know, little, little, uh, little banks, you know, little ATMs in the, in the, in the Zelda world to go pick up your stuff. Um, but it just created a whole uh, different level of gameplay, which was amazing. Um, oh, and what was his third point that I was like, oh, I love that as well. <laughs> Oh, oh, the stamina, no. the stamina bar. Stamina. No, because what was great is you can go anywhere, but if you want to climb that mountain, you don't have the stamina. So you either got to learn how to cook or you got to go to the shrines to build up your stamina. And any game where you give me R- RPG, like this was the first Zelda game that really actually felt like an RPG because everything was upgradable, your stamina, yeah. your hearts, For sure. your, your armor, and you got to choose where all of those points go. Uh, that 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 was one of the main reasons why this immediately within the first like, you know, after the tutorial, I was like, this is the best game I've ever played ever. Yeah, and in in doing that, they're masking because it's yes, officially you can go anywhere you want to go, but they mask it by making okay, you can go here, but you're gonna find it impossible to get there without stamina, without certain things, and so in that way, they kind of shepherd you two certain spots of the game where it makes a little bit more sense. It's actual, actually, in my mind, genius kind of game crafting because it's, you know, on paper you can go everywhere, but if you run to Hyrule Castle, you're going to get destroyed. Instead, veer right, and you'll head to a place you can go because you don't have to climb quite as much. And by the time you can climb that much, you're ready uh, via amount of hearts, via weapons you have, to actually handle the things that you want to go to. So I think... 
that's, you know, it can seem on paper like barriers to get to the things you want to do in the game, but it is the game. I mean, dealing with these things and then achieving the amount of stamina and the amount of hearts and, and the amount of weapons to handle them is kind of playing it. But yeah, that may not be for everyone, but I think too. it really worked. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a guess. I have a couple of guest specific questions, and I'll, I'll start with you, Bill. Um, Bill, do you like the Metroid Prime games? You know, I, I played uh, part of like the I'd say like about two thirds of the first one, but I, I enjoyed my time with it. Yeah. Okay. I the only reason I ask is I feel Metroid Prime. They kind of do. They pull a little bit of a Metroid Prime with the narrative in Breath of the Wild, and what I mean by that is. Um, Breath of the Wild, or uh, sorry, Metroid Prime does have a story, but it's told to you um, through all the scanning that you do through the environment, through the different data files, the pirate logs, the artifacts, and whatnot. So it is optional. You could not scan anything in Metroid Prime and just not uh, take in that information, which is what Link's memories feel like to me in Breath of the Wild. Like, you could skip them if you wanted to. Um, so a, a little bit of it felt metroidy to me so i was that that's why i wanted to ask i was just curious if you if you felt the same way about metroid prime i mean chris uh, if anything i was just wishing there were there were more moments to discover in the world like i, I like mm. scanning i like picking up books in someone's home and like reading about the the ancient history of the the tree folk and why they're not around anymore and stuff like that there, i didn't feel like there was enough of that in the game in yeah, fairness sure. if you had played more than 10 hours you might have found a little bit more but uh just <laughs> gotta throw that out there <laughs> yeah there yeah, are man. when you add up all of the memories it is a 32 minute cutscene. so that is a a great deal of story that's in that game i was just watching all of the cutscenes, memories and other things on youtube all put together and this i haven't gotten through it all but it's an hour and 47 minute uh video so there's gonna be something there going on i don't know but I, I get it. To, I get it. I mean, it's I mean, it's hard to. Uh, you're not wrong about your point, but yeah. I have to come to Bill's defense here a little bit because I know there's like half an hour of cutscenes, but half of that half an hour is champions telling you you did it. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Is that, is that yeah. what happens? It's not like yeah. awesome story development well, necessarily. Right. I I, I see Bill's uh, feedback as like. Well, maybe this might not have been the structure for a Zelda game for Bill. But, like, mm -hmm. once you take out narrative controlling how the game is progressing, which is necessary if you're going to do an open-world game, I think, mm -hmm. uh, but maybe not appropriate for someone enjoying a Zelda game, that's okay. Yeah. Like, I, I loved it, but I can understand being, like, well, when you take it and say you can do whatever you want, you don't really have a good, strong progression. But that was the initial idea behind this whole thing, was to oh, like yeah. tear it all down and yeah. rebuild it from the ground no, up. No, I loved it. That was the whole point of yeah. making this game. They well, didn't want to do the same old Zelda game. And I, I'm astounded at, I think, how, how well they were able to do a, a Zelda game in an entirely different structure of letting go of that narrative progression for gameplay and still have it be an amazing experience within a Zelda universe. Like, I, I loved it, personally. But well, it's it, really it, interesting to hear about those points. It's probably worth noting that, I mean, Zelda's not, you know, The Witcher. It's They don't do storytelling 
it's a little bit more, you know, simplistic for lack of a better word. It's no game has had that kind of like really in-depth like dialogue trees and character choice. I mean, it's just not that kind of game. So the yeah, Link doesn't fuck nearly enough in this yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, uh, he hasn't <laughs> fucked nearly enough in his entire life. Uh, and, and many lives for, through different generations that I've that we've seen. But it's just a it's a more, you know, representational like a Mario, like anything else. Nintendo doesn't they tell stories in their very specific way. And you, you know, you got to kind of accept that as a baseline and then appreciate when one Zelda is, you know, a little bit more narrative based than uh, the, the average. Yeah, I mean, like the, the premise of the game seems really promising to me. It's like you are a hero living in the world that you failed and how yeah. do the people that you meet. I mean, they don't really know you're the hero, but you they talk about like, oh, Man, Link, you really screwed us, huh? And you're like, <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah, like just again, like I would want more of that like discussion, but it's difficult because Link is a, a cipher. He's like, you know, he's he's Gordon Freeman without glasses and uh, a strong mm-hmm. uh, jawline. Mm-hmm. Um, let me bring up a question that that this just naturally wants to segue into. Um, since we're focusing so much on story right now, obviously this is the f- first Zelda with voiceover the first time multiple characters have been given a voice was it a mistake to not give Link a voice like should he have had dialogue no if you have Scott I'll let you take this Scott you jump on this one please (laughs) got it so so uh, that's a that's a that's a trick question if they would have if they would have given Link a voice and they would have and they would have had the same casting session in which they cast the horrible woman who played Zelda or the horrible <laughs> director who directed the woman playing Zelda, then it would have been a mistake. Uh, I thought it worked with him not having a voice, but the problem with the voice acting was specifically the person with the most lines was Zelda, and it sounded like somebody gave the girl the direction, okay, you're going to be a princess. And so she literally... It seemed like the woman had no idea who Zelda was, what any kind of mythos for that character was, and it was so just weak and and whiny. And but the dialogue wasn't weak and whiny, just like 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 Zelda was. Uh, and and it was it was very upsetting. It, 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 it reminds me like a Japanese director. There was something lost in the translation of like the tran- the direction that he wanted the princess to be. I wonder if if they had that issue in Japan, if the Japanese actress who played Zelda. Um, but to me, it was, she was terrible. I liked all, like, uh, 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 Regali, Regali? Rivali, Rivali, he's Rivali. fantastic. Yeah. I was so close. But that voice actor was fantastic. Mm-hmm. All of the, I really enjoyed all of the heroes. Um, uh, but I did not mind Link not having a voice. I thought it was fine. But I could not get over how bad uh, Zelda was. I disagree with that, actually, a lot. Yeah, Go ahead, Kevin. Um, I actually think that was the intention of it. Because the way that she was presented, and I think if you actually look at the arc of it in terms of a writing standpoint, they were presented that like, oh, she's been guarding and protecting this castle for a hundred years, and she's so amazing, and she's doing all this stuff. And the point they're trying to show you is the fact, and Zelda's always presented as very powerful and very put together and very like, every Link game, you meet her at the end, and she's like, oh, da 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 like, like, this is who we are. We know, like, she's always very knowledgeable, and the point is to actually show that it, they're leading up like i mean honestly it really kind of was a zelda game not a link game the fact that they're revealing 
and it really came down to the fact that she they're showing the fact that she was actually very weak and it wasn't working and that was half the problem about it was that she was struggling so hard for this thing and, and that she was being forced to do it had no choice about it and it wasn't going to work so i actually think the point is that it was written is the fact that she was a child and she was being handed something so she is yeah she's obnoxious and she's kind of pushing she's kind of annoying and that's the point because when you piece it all together as it goes along she's you know because i mean in all these games and all these various animes and everything these characters are all like 15 and 16 and everyone that's sitting here was a piece of shit when they were 15 and 16 none of us were great we were all like we all would have been equally whiny and i think i actually liked that about it i actually liked that she was awful like i actually liked the fact that you're she was not kind of likable and then when you look at it as an arc you realize it's because she had a total meltdown of what was being put on her. And I actually think that was interesting to actually not make her great. So yeah, I but he's that, saying I'm actually talking about the performance. Yeah. I, I, I'm talking strictly the performance was weak. When I, I'm not saying literally, yeah, just the performance was god-awful, a terrible accent. It was like a faux-fake English accent and, like, literally just no life in the performance. Yeah. That's why the dialogue, I everything that, feel the, that way the princess any... was going through, I was just, I was all, totally on board with, and I oh, agree I with you about that. I feel any video that. game voice but... acting is there at best. Yeah, but, but getting, like, I mean, there were, better. there were good people in this game. As he said, the actor who played Bravali was great. Um, the actor who played Prince Sidon was great. The actor who played Daruk and, and Urbosa, Urbosa were great. So it's, it was, the, the king was great. So it was, I mean, I agree with Scott kind of wholeheartedly. I don't have a problem with the really lusty the fairy ladies were great. Um, but uh, I don't know. It was, a, it was a weak performance. It was a bad British accent. I've actually heard that voice actress do an interview about it. She's American, so she doesn't have that natural British accent. But that said, you know, in terms of Link not having a voice, uh, if you would have asked me before this game came out, I would have been like, no, that's a thing. Link can't have a voice. Link can't talk. That's the rules. We can't screw with that. I also would have said Link can't jump, and uh, now then he jumped in this game, and it was fine, and the world didn't catch on fire. I think it's a we're getting to the point where it's weird that he's not talking. If he's we're gonna do these nice cutscenes with voice actors and really try to tell a story, to have a one character who's just kind of like nodding and gesturing looks silly. Um, I get that well, you yeah. can't have him be super you know, one personality because it might not fit the general, you know, generic player character, but he's, he's got a personality anyway. He's a hero. He's a little sleepy. Like he's a little naive. Like you can just show, you can have an actor do that. Um, cast it well. Don't cast the male equivalent of the actress who plays Zelda, but they, they cast some good people. I have no reason to believe they can't cast another actor who's good, but I think we... And maybe the answer is dialogue trees. Maybe the answer is Mass Effect, and you get to respond to people's questions the way you want to respond and make Link who you want him to be. I don't know. But I think we do got to move beyond the trope of this is a silent Gordon Freeman protagonist. Matt Young, you said that you feel this is one of the um, best games of all time. Uh, why do you say that? Um, well, I think it's just indicative of a, of a whole movement in games. And obviously there are a lot of games that have done the things that this game does, but this game seemed to bring them all together into a way that felt really natural and really intuitive and really fun. Uh, sort of the un revealing the world map as you go, 
uh, by finding the towers, you know, that's a thing that exists in other games and other tweaked ways. And having uh, kind of waypoints to find things. The way they did it isn't new, but the way they did it was just like the best version of that thing. I felt like a lot of the choices that they made were just very thoughtful in terms of these aren't revolutionary ideas. Cooking, <laughs> make food isn't a revolutionary idea. Uh, it's just crafting, you know? But the way they did it and the style with which they did it and the fact that it all still felt like a Zelda game, even though it at the same time did not feel like a Zelda game, is really an amazing achievement. Um, it feels like a Zelda game to me. At the same time, I was constantly surprised by it in a way I haven't been surprised by Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword. Those games started to feel like rehashes. Uh, so I think that's why it, it stuck out so much for me. Um, and I think, you know, I think it will continue to evolve. To Christian's point, there's probably a way to, to split the difference with, like, the voice acting and things. Like, we can probably get some minimal Link voiceover to start with or something. Do a dialogue tree, something like that. Um, but And it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to be in that world and just look around, which I can't think of a... I personally can't think of another game that does that so well of, like... I just feel like I'm on top of a mountain. Forget all the adventure and the fighting and the swords and the story and whatever. It, this is just a beautiful, beautifully designed game. Yeah. John, what do you think? This is um, an interesting question because I do. I think it's one of the best open world games I've ever played. Um, I think, and I have a love-hate relationship with open world games because I feel like once you reach a certain point in each of those games like you've explored the whole map it just kind of becomes repetitive like you kind of do the same tasks and same quests um, and once you kind of establish once you kind of reach the boundaries of the game it gets less and less exciting as you keep playing but for this game I was excited the entire time that I felt there was so much variety of what you could do and so much variety in the locations and even after I technically went around and uncovered the whole map i was still discovering new things and so on that front i think it's one of the best open world games i've ever played but i don't know if i can say it's the best zelda game and i think it did not feel like a zelda game to me um i think it's the best i would say it's the best game that has zelda in it but i don't know if it's the best zelda game um the the and i was thinking about this on the way over i think the the metaphor i could use is um, like, it's kind of like saying the best pizza I ever had was a pepperoni salad. Like it, it has pizza elements, but it's, is it technically a pizza? And so it has a lot of Zelda elements, but I think a lot of things are missing. And maybe over time, once they continue to release new Zeldas and this style comes more enshrined, I might have a change of opinion, but right now I feel like there were some key elements missing from the traditional Zelda experience. That's interesting you say that because I, I, I do, there was a degree to which I thought that too. And then, you know, you also wonder, it's like, okay, but is that maybe we have given ourselves too narrow a definition of what a Zelda game is? I mean, do we think that it has to have things uh, by definition simply because it's had them before or is it simply that, you know, that they're, you know, all a Zelda game has to be is Link and Zelda and Hyrule and all the other rules and everything is just kind of 
you know, contextual and you use them when they make sense and you don't use them when they don't. Because there are things that if Zelda never goes back to, they never start doing some of the things that they did in the old games ever again because of Breath of the Wild. That would suck. Um, but maybe they, you know, if if it think if we think that it can be Zelda can be anything and it just has to be good. Um, I don't know, and maybe that's not how we should think of it. I don't know if it's this is right or wrong, but I, you know, I do wonder sometimes whether I had too strict an idea for myself of what Zelda. I think it's can sort of like the distinction, but yeah. I think it's sort of like the distinction between the 2Ds and the 3Ds that we have now. We didn't used to have that distinction, but now it's like there are 2D Zelda games and there are 3D Zelda games, and they're both Zelda games. And the reason this did feel like Zelda to me was it felt like it was 1988 and I had Nintendo Power and I'm taking notes to play the original Legend of Zelda. This is the first Zelda game since I was a kid that I had a notepad and I would write things down because I was like, I have to. I know I have to find this. It's not all like in my little tracker thing. I'm like, I gotta find lizard tails so I can upgrade whatever particular armor or whatever. And it just felt like that kind of exploration and trial and error was really a part of that original Zelda experience for me. So that did feel very welcome to return. It, it felt like a return to kind of an hmm. old Zelda to me. To me, I guess one crucial element that I've always associated with Zelda that was present in both the 2D and the 3Ds is really extraordinarily designed dungeons. Um, and I feel like the the shrines were fine. They were, they felt like, um, well, I can't, I'm, my name's blank. What's the uh, portal? They felt like little portal exercises. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, that to me was just a huge missing element the entire time. Again, I absolutely love the game, and I think it's an extraordinary game in many, many, many ways. But that to me was like that was like the cornerstone mm-hmm. of the Zelda experience for me. It was going into these incredibly ingenious dungeons, puzzle solving, um, going through trials and tribulations, and the and the the few dungeon like things they had were really well done, like the um, defying beasts. Yeah, the the beasts and the um, the high uh, castle, um, but the, it just felt like a, a, a conspicuously missing element. I, I, I agree. The dungeons, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that's most of people's. It seems like feedback about uh, Breath of the Wild is that it 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 could have had longer or more involved dungeons. Um, I thought it, this was a different balancing act. Of, of the three main portions of what a Zelda game is, which is adventure, puzzle solving, and what did we talk about before? Was we've said, we've said story yeah. and combat, yeah. so yeah. Got, oh, four parts. Okay, so like, for me, Breath of the Wild still hits all of these elements, but does some more than other. Like, adventure is dr- driven way more up in, in this one, in Breath of the Wild. It, it's still a Zelda game to me. It's just a different like mix of a Zelda game, and I, th- I'm gonna bet that the next one that they do, they're gonna do more involved dungeons because that's most people's feedback. And I, I love the dungeons on on this one. I thought they were incredibly innovative, uh, very unique, uh, especially doing like 3D puzzle solving. Um, they all felt very short to me, though. But they yeah. felt short. I, I agree. Honest, they definitely felt short. 
I wonder if that's by design. I wonder if the idea that this is now half a portable console, um, maybe, you know, they thought, well, instead of, you know, seven really long dungeons, let's do 120 mini dungeons that people can maybe get a whole dungeon, you know, done on the train or little things like that. I, don't, I wonder if that was a concession toward what, you know, this kind of dual home portable nature of it. I absolutely think that. I think it was because the world is much larger, they wanted to distribute the puzzle solving. And the distributed puzzle solving is the shrines. But people, like, didn't treat those as dungeons. They don't, they, those are increments in puzzle solving, but they're like, well, I want the dungeon. And the dungeon was the divine beast of people so when they experience the dungeon, the divine beast, they're like, "Well, this is short. Where's my Where's my full dungeon?" I, I don't think. I think the game... down. I mean, I understand that, and I think there absolutely probably was some consideration on that front. But I, I think the downfall is I just I don't remember any of the du- the dungeons. None of them stuck with me, the way I remember every dungeon in the original Zelda. I remember every dungeon in Link's Awakening. I remember every dungeon in Ocarina of Time. Like they just the the architecture of them sticks with you. So th- this, they felt more snackable, more just like ephemeral, I guess. Right. Yeah. I almost only remember the ones that I hated, the ones where you have to use the switch as a balancing thing to make like, like a marble go through oh. a maze. Fuck and the, the, I, I hated those. <laughs> those are so the those are the only ones I remember. I, you know, the ones I mean, that I were laugh, fine were fine, you- but John, are you talking about uh, you don't remember the shrines, or you don't remember the yeah? Like you, if you would ask me, like, uh, what was your favorite shrine? I couldn't tell you. And I played this game for 180 hours, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, I don't. I was trying to get all the Korok seeds. I did not get them. I don't think they're meant to be remembered. I think the divine beasts are meant to be remembered, much like dungeons, but they're. But I even don't remember them because they were all so similar. Yeah, I, um, I and I think on that's, the inside, you know, um, I, the idea was cool, and I remember the idea of it, but it just and, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but that's just one thing I noticed after playing. It's like that nothing, none of that stuck with me. Yeah, yeah and the, this, the shrines you remember the most are the ones where you went through something interesting before you ever got to the shrine, and the shrine was just walking in, and and it's like by arriving here, you've already accomplished it because you had to go to an island and lose all your weapons and and hunt down the or you had to do i mean there's those kind of ones i think almost the ones where they actually built something unique which was seldom were the ones that were memorable otherwise yeah it's just like okay use the magnet or you use you know the water ice thing and okay and like i remember i remember the map i remember all the villages and all my favorite spots in the villages and all the different areas like the, that is super 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 memorable in my brain it's just the the shrines felt like yeah just kind of anonymously crafted scott i've seen you about to jump on there well no i i i uh i wholeheartedly i i disagree on two fronts uh, one front I, I kind of agree but the shrines weren't meant to be like the dungeons that's not what their purpose was they're meant to be individual little puzzles uh, but I remember vividly all of the physics-based puzzles that were in the, uh, uh, the all those shrines. I don't remember them individually, but as a whole, I remember, oh, sweet, I got to knock this ball and get it into this thing and shoot it up there. And th- those, that was all really, really fun. But for me, Breath of the Wild, it's about moments. It's about moments when, like, one time I had a horse that was a really angry horse. Uh, um, 
he had like you know super high on the angry scale uh but i had i had tamed him and then i just tamed him i get off the horse and out of nowhere one of the yiga clan guys comes to try to kill me uh and then right when he appears the horse rears and then back kicks and hits the yiga guy and knocks him into a lake and killed him and i just guffawed and i busted out laughing that the physics of the game like made all that happen uh just mom- moments when you when you're like oh okay when you you know you di- i didn't realize you couldn't stack the abilities uh so i meant i you know i'm on top of the uh the mountain fighting a lizalfos and i you know i have a uh i have i ate my my cold meat or whatever so i can resist the cold uh or i ate the hot meat or whatever it is to resist the cold and i'm fighting him i'm doing okay and then i, I get low on hearts and so oh, i'm gonna drink a defensive potion and then i drink a defensive potion and then i freeze to death and i, <laughs> I die that way you know you know moments like that in the game were just really really special and what i you know really remember uh, about this game yeah everybody and everybody gets to have their own it's a unique journey that everybody goes on because everybody plays it just a little different that is yeah. what's so cool about this game yeah and you can it's like too they were brilliant nintendo was brilliant too because i think about like the zora place like most people if you go you know where the game nudges you to go they're like hey is that what's that guy doing over there you don't have to go but they nudge you to go there and you walk that way and there's the zora prince well you can completely avoid him and you can you can take a bunch of stamina potions and even climb the hills in the rain and just skip and get right to the zora village and if you do that there's a completely different cut a completely different scene that the prince completely different dialogue uh and they had to they had to plan for that they had to plan for you completely missing him and all the little uh points that you could uh, uh you could meet him it's 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 an unbelievable undertaking and it's understandable why they had to keep delaying it um yeah i i want to give a shout out uh since we're kind of talking about still a little bit about the dungeons um I remember somebody said that the dungeons were basically four power ranger zords which is not entirely wrong that is kind of what they are <laughs> um and I, re- I what was I recently playing? I was recently playing Skyward Sword, and the final dungeon of Skyward Sword is a dungeon that you have to move the rooms around to get to various parts to. Um, and that's all these dungeons are. Like, the dungeon being the puzzle, I thought was a really cool um, concept. Uh, and then you get to Hyrule Castle. And I just want to give a shout-out to what I think is, hands down, the best Hyrule Castle they have ever done. Um, I, I remember when I was talking with you, Jeremy, and, and you mentioned, um, you know, going to Hyrule Castle and fighting Ganon, and I thought you literally just walked up to the castle and it initiated a cutscene, and then you fight Ganon. No, you have to go through Hyrule Castle, and it has a moat, it has a rail car system underneath it, like, it is the most... It is the largest, just best representation of a castle I feel they've ever put into a Zelda game, and it's fantastic. Like, I spent hours just going through Hyrule Castle. And to speak about moments, I found Zelda's diary in her room, and in her diary... You didn't read it, did you? What? You didn't read it, did you? Oh, I totally oh, read it. Oh, you piece of shit. That's a teenage girl's diary. What's wrong with you? But what's oh wrong is her diary is in You're going to have to lie about that later. It's, um, it's, it's all the cutscenes from her point of view, just written down. And it's so cool. It's such a, it's such a neat little treasure that you could totally miss. Um, so, yeah, the game's just great. I really like this game, guys. I really, really <laughs> did. 
Really, yeah. and the music at Hyrule Castle. I mean, come on. Oh, my oh God. yeah, all, all the music's great, and I think also like in terms of that sense of accomplishment, like figuring out how to even get into Hyrule Castle because there are like four different ways to get in, mm-hmm. and and we talked earlier about the uh, weapons uh, wearing out, the degradation of weapons, but you do actually, and you don't even notice the way you're kind of upgrading over time in certain ways. There's a point when early on when you meet a guardian, you're just like, fuck, 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 run, 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 run get run, out run, of run, here. Gotta get out of here. And then later on, you're like, well, I've got a shield, and I figured out I can reflect these bolts, and if I cut off its legs, and it's still not an easy battle maybe, but like, it feels like a real accomplishment yeah. to like fight those things once you like get good at it. Yeah. There were often moments where I, you know, there were certain things I decided I was afraid of, like Lionel's and, you know, the Guardians. Oh, absolutely. I encounter them early on and they own me. So then I avoid them for like a hundred hours. And then by the time I actually fight one, it's all like, oh, I could have handled you a while ago. Like you're not scary anymore. And it's, you know, it's almost like you're growing up. The things that scare you when you're a kid, when you're just starting out in life, don't scare you anymore when you get bigger. Um, and that's cool. And the way you kind of, the game is designed where you're going, you're circling around the center of the map because the center of the map is Hyrule Castle and that's where shit gets real. And then you kind of like spiral towards it until finally you end there. It's cool. tent poles of Zelda. Um, I want to talk about the exploration real quick, just because clearly it's something they worked very hard on. And I remember um, reading an interview uh, with Shigeru Miyamoto and um, oh, who's the main Zelda guy? Alanuma? Um, E.G. Alanuma? Uh, yes, uh, Anuma. Um, and they talked about taking a lot of inspiration from Skyrim. And one of the things that was really important to them was they talked about triangles how the entire world map was designed in triangles. And what I mean by that is if you're standing in one spot... In Triforces? Sure, yeah. Um, if you're standing in one spot, you usually can see two other really interesting things to go to, maybe three. And when you go to one of those spots, you will see two more or maybe three more. And they built the entire world out that way. You know, whether you look over and you see like a group of moblins or you look over and you see like a treasure chest on a plateau and you go to the treasure chest, but then you see something sparkling like over there. Or there's like a deer, a ghost deer off to your right. Like every, every area of that game, you can see other points of interest. And, you know, I don't know how you design a game like that, but like bravo to them. And, and it's not just in the exploration, but even the combat like borrows a little bit from like Arkham Asylum. Like you walk in and there's a group of moblins and you can go in and attack them or maybe you can set the tree on fire and bees will come down and get them or there's a boulder or like just the physics engine that they built 
really, I feel, flexes its muscle in the combat in really interesting ways. Um, I mean, I had a great time knocking boulders with the what's the power where you freeze it and then you like hit it a bunch of times oh <laughs> yeah that like, was right Sta- stasis stasis. Like, I, stasis yes um and we haven't even talked about the powers yeah so i just wanted to give a shout out and kind of like talk about the world design and and all that yeah, i'll echo that i just want to say that i think the true star of the game is the world design because it mm-hmm. does what so few open world games do which is nothing's monotonous in the design but it also doesn't feel like disparate blocks stuck together because a lot of times different regions are just completely different and there's no like the, the way the world blends into itself is mm-hmm. really really masterfully done i'd like to piggyback on that and this goes back to the narrative one of the most amazing thing the game does is uh you you walk into a village and like there's arrows stuck in the wall and like you can you can see the narrative by like what's around when you come up to Hyrule Castle and you see all of the the guardians that are all you know dead or dying and just that field it, it, the game tells you what happened in the past or if it doesn't you you're thinking man what what happened here the the element of mystery in this game was oh man that was just right up my alley amazing yeah, yeah. i love the 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 amount of just discovery that came with progressing through the game uh, a, a moment that felt incredibly distinct for me in playing Breath of the Wild is when I f- saw the first dragon. Yeah! Yes. Yeah! And I was like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And like nothing, nothing pointed towards it being a thing. It's just something that you, it's something very important that you came across in the game that you then had to like go and figure out this, and this game is about finding lovely discoveries yeah yeah it's, it's like little wonderful jewels hidden all around you and that makes perfect sense what chris said about the design then that they actively thought about yeah. that yeah. you know and i another moment for me like that was like if you follow kind of the traditional way they're kind of nudging you at the beginning you end up at a stable and there's a field where you're first probably going to find a horse and beyond there, there's a bunch of dead guardians. And beyond there, there's, like, the wall of a fort. And finding that first, like, decimated 100-year-old fort wall mm-hmm. for me was like, oh, this is this is a really important place where a lot of people died. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, and, and now they're just, like, trying to survive in this, like, aftermath of this. And I was like, oh, wow, this is really amazingly designed. I love that. Yeah, I want another moment that like really jumped out to me, and I don't know. Was reading the I mean, princess's the, diary. The diary, I totally read the diary, and then I published it online. Monster reading was, another girl's thoughts about consent. I found the king's diary. Okay, all right. <laughs> Urbosa's diary. I just found the diaries. Um, I was walking to Zor's domain, and this kind of kind of merchant-looking man walks up to me. And he didn't, like, approach me. Like, he was just walking, so I talked to him because I was like, eh, why not? And he starts talking, and he's like, hey, I need your help. I'm looking um, – I'm on a really important mission for my master. I'm trying to find this guy. He's really, really dangerous. And, like, I'm like, oh, cool, this is going to be a really cool quest. I'm going to go find this dangerous guy. And he's like, yeah, he had this really important sword that got put back into the woods, and he's trying to get it. And I'm really making sure that he doesn't get it because he was a hero, you know, a hundred years ago and I hear he wakes up 
and I hear it's you. And he turns into a Yiga clan member and starts attacking me. Yes, and it, like, that was awesome. I, I was completely caught off guard. I was like, oh shit, what the heck? Oh, yeah. just yeah. Um, and it, the the fluidity of the game engine, like, like just so many different things could happen to you anywhere. It's so great. Like, Arkham Asylum, Skyrim. Um, I haven't played Zero Dawn, so I don't know if it has a similar thing going on. But just the amount of discovery Not in as the good. world yeah. is great. It's so, so good. Uh, this is a really small point, but uh, I love that you censored yourself from saying hell, but not shit. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremy, you and you brought up the dragons. I completely forgot about the dragons. Not because they're not memorable, but because there's so much in this game that my brain just didn't remember the three beautiful dragons flying around you know they were they were just an amazing part of of the game into being feeling like a world like there are these majestic creatures that you can interact with that have nothing to no desire of you and they're super powerful and you can really only do anything much later in the game so they were much like uh christian's point about this game kind of had this progression of growing up and getting more powerful uh and and like a microcosm of of life um it was just really cool to to see something that you knew that you that was very important but you couldn't do anything about until later and then you had to figure out how to what to do with it gotta find it again yeah yeah and i the dragons were another one where i saw them and then i see it in the distance and i'm like oh i'll go there and then i go with them and i'm like okay this is scary never mind and then later it's like i want i was trying to get the hero clothes um but you needed to be able to upgrade something or whatever and so it's i i had to get something i had to get something somewhere i had to get a dragon scale from someone and it was like all right, I made it this far, but I finally got to fuck with those dragons and try to fight one. Uh, and it was, uh, it was like, okay, can you do it now? But like, this has been this overarching, like, intimidating force in the world that I just avoided, and now it's finally time to deal with it. And that was cool and you know, nerve wracking almost because it, th- these become legends in your own mind because you've seen them there this whole time. Um, Here is my next guess specific question uh this is to you gavin um why why did breath of the wild capture you when other 3d zeldas did not and have you tried to go back and play another 3d zelda since finishing breath of the wild i have i still think they're terrible (laughs) (laughs) all right yeah man um so i am done so when when yeah that's it and and have a good day uh, no, when I, um, so when Switch came out, I, and the game got released, I didn't care. So I was like, alright, well, I thought, I'm sorry, like, hate on me for this. I think, I still think Ocarina of Time is meh. Um, I think the mechanic, well, I think the, the mechanics. So I actually think, um, but I had, I had three surgeries on my foot. And so basically I was like, well, I can't move for several days. Uh, Chris bastion will remember as well his wife having to come down because i basically was like well i'm not eating because i can't get to the kitchen my first attempt involved burnt toast and iced coffee all over the floor and that was my refusal to get up after that so um i knew going into that i wasn't gonna be able to move much and i talked with chris about like well maybe i should try this game uh because everyone was freaking out about it and i needed something to occupy me so i got it and 
Um, I was pretty skeptical and I started playing it and I immediately kind of got sucked in. And I got sucked in about the... It's actually why I like that he doesn't talk. I think it's unnecessary. And part of it is also that I, I ended up watching um, or reading or an article or something came out right around that time where it was like they talked about why he never talks mm-hmm. and about how it's pretty much supposed to be like through your vision. And he is I, your link to the... Game. Right. <laughs> and I, um, I really liked and this is one of the things just to kind of piggyback on a couple of the comments was like that you kept coming across all this stuff that was really awful and i kept getting just getting more and more drawn in at the nature of like how sad it was i think it's a very very sad game with an equally sad ending it doesn't end like you're like yay it's very akin to final fantasy 6 you're welcome john loose that hey. um at the end it's not like at the end you're like good you're like oh at the end you're like we got rid of this but everything is gone yeah so it's not like at the end of breath of the wild when they walk away you're like great there's like seven people left in the world enjoy um so i really liked that nature of it i liked that i was i really genuinely like i couldn't move like i could not physically get up i could i had to like drag myself down the hallway to go to the bathroom it was very humbling and um it actually helped me to to forget that I like was stuck and this is coming from someone who like I had reshaped my entire life in the last about two years to where seven days a week I was I'm physically active to where like I can't move and so that helped me a lot in that Mm. um I also do think and even still going back um I still haven't played I don't know the one that Chris thinks I should play um and Twilight Princess sure maybe and um, <laughs> I think the mechanics of other games, of the, a lot of the 3D Zeldas, it's the same actual way I feel about the 3D Marios, is... I don't know what that was. I don't either. All right. Is someone pouring a baby in the water? Um, is, uh, I think they're awful. Like, sorry. I just think that, like, trying to navigate the camera in the Nintendo 64 games is an abortion. Um, I think that was terrible to say right after talking about babies in bathwater. And I... Um, I think that, like, the other games have a lot of, like, like uh, I, I think, um, what is it, Mario Sunshine, that's the water one, right? It's one yeah. of the most beautiful games to sit and watch, and I would watch my ex-boyfriend play that game and refuse to play it myself, because basically you'd be like, here, you got to climb all the way up here, and you're going to fall, and then you have you stay down there, and you got to start over, and just the mechanics, or like, I can't even get the damn camera to go where I wanted to, and I think that they fixed this in a lot, and probably just because technology got better. Yeah. Chris and I talked a lot about that. Um, and I'll leave that to other people to talk about the mechanics of it. So that did a lot for me. And then... Uh, on that, um, did, did you feel like uh, there was any camera issues in Breath of the Wild? No. And I'm sure they're there, but like it was the same thing I realized playing Mario Odyssey. It's where it kind of connected. Maybe technology has caught up to my ability to accept 3D games. Mm-hmm. Because Mario Odyssey, I also was able to play. And you and, like and I And I enjoyed it. And I didn't get... And I actually beat it. And I got through that one. And that's the first newer Mario I beat as well. And the other thing about the game is that, like, you're supposed to fuck up. I figured that out because the very first time um, you get to, like, the time temple. Yeah. Which, also, by the way, I was kind of, I was disappointed that wasn't more to that little temple. I thought that was cool. But anyway, I fell off of it, and then I was like, you dead, you died. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> well, that's that. And then you just go right back to it. And pretty much the entire game is built around the concept that you are constantly dying. Kind of to piggyback onto Christian Masonic's thing of like, I kind of stopped being afraid because I basically, the very first time you went near a guardian, it just shot me in the face. And, <laughs> and, and you're done. And, and, and you did. You did. And it's very rare that being shot in the face is an enjoyable thing. <laughs> and um, you're welcome, John Lewis. And um, 
Hey. No tea, no shade. No, but uh, I, um, yeah, that was the whole thing. Like, I just started, like, basically, you spend half the time being, like, you hear that, like, what's that little weird tittery music that you know, you don't even know where the damn thing is, but you yeah. know there's a friggin' Something important. There's a guardian somewhere, and it's targeting you, and you're like, crap, 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 Run, 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 run. Right, and sometimes you get away, and sometimes you get shot in the back of the head, and you just roll down to the ground, and it just says, you're dead. Yeah. And I kind of, I just thought it was interesting. It's literally a game that is structured on the idea that you're supposed to mess up. And then, like, I do like the triangle, the concept that I didn't know it was a triangle, what Chris said. At the same time, it's very, like, you're like, Oh, I was supposed to go over to this temple, and now I'm like six hours in this other direction. Yeah. And I forget where I originally was going, but that's okay. Um, so I think that that's why I did actually like it, which is very funny that I hated the vast nature of um, Ocarina of Time. However, this one immediately fixed that with the whole teleportation thing. That you can basically constantly go to places yeah. you've been before, and I'm like, thank God. Because yeah. the whole thing... With Ocarina of Time, so I'm like, oh, I have to go over to the castle. Oh, it took 20 minutes and the day changed. <laughs> well, I don't want to. And, and then, yeah. oh, now I have to go back over to the village. Do, do, do. Now I have to go back over to the castle. I'm like, I don't want to play this anymore. I'm done. The first part of that game, I think you just go just go back and forth between the play like six and, times, you and know, I don't want to do it anymore. To, like, to some people, that's a part of a Zelda game. Sure. Which is which is interesting to me, and, and harkens back to to Christian's point at the beginning of the podcast of what do we expect a Zelda game to be. What, what is a Zelda game? Yeah, and, and that means different things to different people. Well, to me, you can take that like extended yeah. progression of going across a spatial place and put in a teleportation uh, mechanic and still have a great game. Well, and I think the other thing about this is I'm on board with Bill. Like I think uh, Link to the Past is one of the best games of all time. Absolutely, um, is, which is why I do think Link Between Worlds is great. But I think it's because it's using Link Between, you know. So I like the 2D games as well, but I think what drew me into this game was like just the tragic nature of it as well. It is. I don't know if it's my playwriting background, etc., but like I was so drawn into how like just very upset you feel the entire time. Like you just feel like you're basically watching this. And I think what's interesting about him not talking is they did a smart thing about him not knowing what's going on. And so you're basically just rediscovering, and that's I think was I think that's an aspect of the game that you're trying to like as you go through it. It's like, oh, you found some of this, and sometimes you don't. It's the same thing that T. Scott Ross said. It's like all you have to do is look around, and you know that they made a decision for every village. And what's really sad is if you look at the map, the whole thing is just villages that are ruined. Yeah. So then you're like, I almost wanted there to be a point where I'm like, I wonder what it was like before. Right. I, w I wish there was like maybe some mode where you could go back and I mean that would be impossible because it would take so much more um, memory. The sequel. Zelda oh, I'm very excited. But like I'm curious. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like you walk there's because there's one part where there's a village. I don't even know which one it is, but it's like submerged half into water. And oh yeah. And you're just like this was a village. What happened here? Just over time, is it just because they didn't bother so that like the water just went into it and they just left it? You know, it's like it's. And you really think about it, what is it? There's three intact villages. That's mm -hmm. it. Three. I think it's only three. Let's and, um, yeah. take a quick break because I, I have thoughts on some of the things you said, Gavin, but let's take a quick pause real quick.
And so we're back. Uh, I just want to piggyback off of um, something you brought up, Gavin, that Jeremy commented on, was about the teleporting. And Jeremy, you mentioned that you felt in some Zelda games, like the traversal, the backtracking, kind of like in a Metroid, is maybe part of the game design. I feel they they did a really clever workaround uh, in Breath of the Wild where you could teleport all you wanted if you really wanted to, but you also have the glider, which is straight out of the Arkham games. And I really feel the glider is kind of a nice half step because you could, you know, glide over the countryside and then maybe you see something and you want to drop down. But if you wanted to use it as a fast mode of travel, you totally could. Um, And I think, I mean, obviously they make it a point to, it's a big deal to get the glider. It helps you get off the plateau and everything. So obviously it's a very important item. Uh, And it's great. I got shot out of the sky by a guardian one time. It hurt. Oh, (laughs) God. One time? One, yeah, one, one time, time, twice, the, 12 one, times. There, well, there's one of the towers where they're surrounded by the Guardians, Suddenly, there's like 40 of those little targets on you. You're like, well, crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, and I think that's cool. It's funny I that, think it's cool that, that learning that curve with fighting the Guardians, the first time you run into a Guardian, he shoots you dead in one shot, and then you spend the next like 20 hours like running from them. But by the end of the game, you see a Guardian, you're like, what? Chop off your legs. Stasis ancient arrow you're dead what oh another one bam you're dead again it's 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 such a it's such a big steep uh, uh curve you go from the beginning to the end of that game bill i want to check in have we done it hey are you gonna are you gonna finish the game no <laughs> it's like 100 hours i'm not i'm not gonna go back to it. <laughs> i'm not, I'm I not feel, gonna try I feel to you you have the several best. games that require hundreds of hours so i don't know i don't feel that's really actually a limitation for you what I, it what I, is stopping you from wanting to go and play it again now that you have uh, i'm assuming you have fixed your switch issues with nintendo i mean the same gameplay foibles that i didn't enjoy before are still there even if the nintendo switch is still operating as intended but like uh, and you're not swayed by any of our points of like it that there seems to be further value if you continue on into it in terms of uh, gameplay and well, like, you, progression. You've described experiential moments that you enjoyed, and I, I'm really uh, getting a good uh, texture here of, of like what everyone has liked so much about this game. Uh, for the things that I think I'm looking for, it doesn't sound like the, the story really picks up. It sounds like people kind of hate Zelda. Uh, the ending, which I'm not fully familiar with, but I sort of have a gist of, is like you beat Ganon, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there's some big re- revelation about like where the world's going. It's just like, well, we did it. <laughs> I have a better question. Does this intrigue you to play the sequel? Because they're, they're the next one they're obviously making is a distinct sequel to this game, or in, or a prequel, or whatever. Who knows yet? Do you find yourself inclined to not touch that one, or you're like, oh, that one, I'll try? It informs me that I probably won't want to play the sequel. Ooh. So, what is, I mean, what is your favorite Zelda game right now, Bill? Right now, it's A Link Between Worlds. Okay, um, and then followed by a Link Great Between choice. or a Link to the Past. Is that right? Yeah, and, and, and okay. you know, I, I understand for other people that they have different priorities going into games. Uh, I mean, what I'm looking for is, I mean, in part, it's just like I think I prefer sci-fi settings to medieval settings, which is, you know, that. In, that's something that matters to me. So this I mean, is the most sci-fi Zelda that there is. I mean, there's it's, it's machines true. and. 
No, they're a mech. It's steampunk. It's yeah. It's mm. it's still sci-fi. It's still more than a link. You know, a link to the past. Those those ancient weapons aren't run with steam. Okay. <laughs> they're run with magic. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Same they're, magic that keeps. Uh... They're clearly run by the tesseract. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. When Nick Fury shows <laughs> yes. up and gives you a quest, yep. it's great. It, it Breath of the Wild is definitely the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The Super Smash Brothers Initiative? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That would be fun. That's um, absolutely wonderful. Well, that makes me sad. Hopefully you'll enjoy Metroid Prime 4, Bill. <laughs> if we ever get it. We'll if we'll right, see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Um, let's finish out this Zelda discussion. I, I want to bring up the music just because the game has had a lot of criticism levied against it for its music, and I think that's completely unfair. Really? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. I There's been a lot of criticism. Wait, you think... Wait, it, uh, I think really, ma- ma- I'm shocked that there's criticism. That, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. So, that's so the, the big criticism that I've heard against... Uh, Breath of the Wild is it doesn't have that one main overworld theme that like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina of Time had. Um, like it doesn't have like this kind of driving adventure theme, which is true. It does not. It no. has a very Hayao Miyazaki theme, which I think ha- is great. Also like worth more... noting, if it had like a do 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 do, you would have 130 hours of that in your. That was yeah, just no that. kidding. Yeah. yeah, where would it go? It just wouldn't do the same it would it wouldn't serve right. the same purpose that's why people that work at sears go crazy for the <laughs> amount of time you spend on the in the overworld in that game yeah it would drive you nuts to have mm-hmm. a, a song like that mm-hmm. and the moments you you know you might be in relative silence and then suddenly for whatever reason you start hearing little chords of maybe the you know the basic zelda theme uh, and then it's like suddenly you're like oh my god these emotions well in you because it's like Oh my God! I wasn't. I didn't even realize I wasn't listening to anything, and now I'm listening to just the faintest hints of that Zelda theme, and it's really cool. I think less is more in this game. And it's all contextual. It's all based on where you're at and what you're doing and what right. time of day it is, and specific events. Like that's the only way music in a game like that could work. And and actually, I, I love the music from that game. I listen to it on Spotify sometimes when I'm driving. Um, because I just like, it's just so like calming and beautiful. And, uh, there, I actually looked up, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of the composer, but there's a really great series of videos about, uh, all the designers and the kind of the, there's maybe five or six of them about the game, but the one about music especially is fascinating because they talk about how there's a soundtrack that's playing that is beginning to fade out as another soundtrack is beginning to fade in as you approach a village but if you transport into the village, the same process happens, but in a different way with the overlap, like the amount of like wow. thought that went into the music and how beautiful the music is. Like how, makes, close, how close you are is how much the music is there. Yes, yeah. exactly. It, it, yeah, it's proximity and, mm-hmm. and context. Like that's yeah. how you figure out, oh, I'm actually near um, at the ninja village. You know you're near it. You yeah, start, yeah. You start just vaguely hearing the chimes yeah. of the drums. It, it, it's, it's, it's integral at, yeah. to the game itself. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's brilliant and it's beautiful. And anyone who says that criticizes it or says there should be an overworld theme is a fucking idiot. Like the build up the first time it goes to the regiment, you're like, <laughs> what's happening? And then it's like, yeah. Yeah. I think to add to that real quick, the uh, what I loved about the game, of course, uh, agreeing with everybody, the music is just incredible in this game. But when you fight enemies like the Talus, uh, the giant rock guy, 
like right when you get close the music change it kind of sounds like the opening of the gamecube theme you guys remember that <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but like when when you the moment you kill him is the moment that the music climaxes like it, it's it's incredible that they can get that to sync up hey i can it's, do it it's <laughs> it's it's uh, uh, it's just incredible the way the way just the the music changes throughout the battle and like when you finish the battle and then oh man and then it seamlessly blends right back into where you were because there's no danger. It was it's just unbelievable. Do other open world games not do that? I always I always thought it was like it was like a warning signal. It was like the music like there's very little noise and then as it picks up you're like oh you should probably pay attention now like you're not just exploring there is actually something nearby. Same thing when the um, Giga Clan shows up, the music yeah. changes. Or anytime I've, something shows up, you're like, oh, I actually, something's probably behind me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I generally hate open world games, so it's very possible. Yeah, I, I, haven't t- I haven't played a ton of open world games because I think they take a lot of time and don't give you a lot back for it. Wow, imagine that. Uh, oh. And yet, <laughs> this is the only open world game that I think is the best game ever. I think it's yeah. because of the history. Just to, you're just to in. speak about the music, just one step further. Like, the music is extraordinarily dynamic. Like when you're in the each one of the Zords, as you are activating. <laughs> Zord, you're just calling them Zords. You I'm have Zords. you have to pay ten dollars <laughs> to Zords. Uh, Skyward Zords. Saban now. Hi, Saban. Saban. As you activate each door. of the waypoints, like the music gets a little fuller each time. Um, and I, but I mean, I noticed it the most in Hyrule Castle, where the music in the castle. Uh, is like a different it's a different take on the same medley than the music outside of the castle and it's just it's so great and it just oh, changes and back good, and forth it's good then, and and out the castle. yeah it's, it's, so it's very great. powerful musically yeah. that is the, probably the best yeah that's really yeah good. the lead up to ganon is great ganon, that's also ganon is get, not good they get the original music t- tied in there yeah the castle music was well done yeah that's a great segue jeremy ganon um yeah, he's kind of a Lavos in this game. He's just kind of a force of nature, and I think that's the one, like the one sad thing I would ding against the game is I really love the character of Ganon. Yeah, um, Calamity really, Ganon. You know, uh, when he has a character, and he doesn't really have a character in this game, and I get why they did it. It's just a sad concession that they made. I yeah. feel. I, yeah. I, I thought he was. Uh, yeah, the, the the act of the end of the game facing Ganon was, I thought, a logistical negotiation of, like, he is weakened because you have progressed through the game appropriately uh, if you go through all the four Divine Beasts. So they want to create a way for you not to go straight to him. But I, th- I don't think they ni- needed to do that. Instead, they could have just made him hard. And you wouldn't go to face him because you would die. Uh, the way that they did it, I thought, created this really easy boss at the end of it. A very long game that just didn't feel like the level of accomplishment that you expect. Yeah, like the final, final, final form is just kind of like a... Like well, that, that yeah, yeah. But even like the second to final form is just I uh, that went by so fast. Yeah, um, I cooked a but, lot of food that it turned out I didn't need. 
yeah. uh, for that final battle. <laughs> I mean, that's like any Thanksgiving dinner. It's fine. But I, I, I agree. I thought the, ver- the, the narrative version of Ganon in this, the Calamity Ganon, and how he bled into his lieutenants across the Divine Beasts, and story-wise how it was very grandiose over the last you know hundred years and this was a progression over much longer than that uh i thought that was really cool i thought that was a cool version of the character it was a visual style that i hadn't seen of ganon that was pretty pretty neat uh and very steampunk uh um i thought the bosses, I of, loved. Of, the bosses of all the zords were yeah easy. they were easy oh well I, I would disagree on some of that. Oh, I but... thought they were all like, as soon as you figure out the trick, which is true of most Zelda games, but still you were like, yeah. it's considering there's basically five bosses in the entire game. You're like, eh. Well, I think yeah. the, the, what's the things, the Lionos or whatever those things? Lionos. Lionos. Like, Man, you did. You're yeah. like, oh, yeah. those are, yeah. I think the, I think the water, the, the Blight Ganons also suffered from the same thing that the Shrines suffer from, is that they're beautiful, but they're all exactly the same mm-hmm. looking. Mm-hmm. Like, if the, like like part of the the monotony of shrines is like some are shorter, some are longer. They all look exactly the same. Whereas if the if the blights had looked different and if the shrines had looked different in different areas, even slightly, it would have just had this sense of like uh, variety and location. Right. Whereas they feel uh, separated from the game in a way. Yeah, even to lose it was just that electric blue aesthetic. It's just so like, all right, I get it. Um, it just, you know, sometimes just the visual nature of what those dungeons look like. You're in a, you know, you're in a uh, fire pit or you're underwater. Or even those little things, which are just, you know, paint uh, can make a big difference. And when you lose that, that kind of, and everything is just ancient technology with a blue, uh, you know, electric lining can get, yeah, samey. Mm-hmm. Um. So we're over the hour mark, and we, we've got to wrap this up, unfortunately, even though I know we could keep talking about this. Uh, so a sequel, obviously, has been announced for Breath of the Wild, uh, due out sometime. I don't know when. Uh, It'll come out as soon as Final Fantasy VII comes out. It's fine. As soon as the Final Fantasy VII remake comes out. Exactly. Um, so March. March, right. So I'm going to be the first one to say it. I'm not really excited for the sequel. Oh, boo. Whoa. Let, let me finish. Boo. Let me finish. Wow. Big let me finish. Super Clearly, boo. we knew there would be another Zelda game. I'm just not happy that it's a direct sequel. Because oh, I feel super boo. we're going to get a Majora's Mask, which is not a bad game. I don't think Majora's Mask is a bad game, but it's not better than its predecessor. And I don't, I think by, by staying within the same world, they're gonna. I don't know. I'm just. I don't think it'll be as groundbreaking because they've already I, broken the ground. I think oh, you're, you're making right. a you're, lot you're of assumptions You're probably right. But remember, here. this game came out of unreleased uh, uh, DLC. They just had so much DLC, and and basically, so I I, I don't really disagree with you, Chris. I, I'm I, I'm I don't have high expectations. I don't have low expectations. I bet it's gonna be amazing, uh, but it's not gonna break ground. It's it's gonna be more of the same, which is awesome. Yeah, oh, I, 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 I for me, oh. it's like I don't need it to break ground yet they broke a lot of ground last time like let's stay on this ground for a bit 
And I'm not done with that world yet. That world yeah. is so huge and there's nothing more for me to do there. I want to be in that same place with that same circumstances going on. I'm just not ready to move on to like, let's reboot it again. And this I, I, time, I, yeah, it's just I let one more game there and then we can, there, there'll always be another one. So let's not move too fast. Let's right, let I, Tom Holland be Spider-Man for a while. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Two things to this. One, you should go back about a minute and a half and listen to how good T. Scott Ross's um, use of the word I was there. And um, just, it was very, uh, it was great. Uh, I agree with Christian. I actually think that the basic, like, you spent so much figuring out what was here and how much of that world was unused that I think it'll be really cool to just have something else to do with it. It's like, because when the game was done, Party was kind of sad. You're like, oh, I put so much into this and now it's done. And you're like, oh. So I actually think that'll be very. I think just so, be really like I think I think if you put that much into developing something so specific with so much detail, you might as well play in it for a bit. Yeah, Chris, can I ask you? Would you rather have another game in the same universe as Breath of the Wild, or wait four or five more years for a brand new game? Jeremy's Chris just right. stepped away. You have to re-ask that question in three. Two, one, re-ask. Yes. Chris, I, uh, so uh, uh, my question to you is, would you rather have a, 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 a sequel within the same universe of Zelda in Breath of the Wild universe uh, within one to two years, or a, br- a whole new game that is entirely different in four to five? Whole new game. And, All and right. Well, we disagree. That. I, I also that's think okay. That's fair. Get... Like, I think Zelda's at its best when it comes once a generation. I think oh, you're going to get both. Uh, I think yeah. this is like a Link Between yeah, Worlds. Yeah, exactly. Link like, Between Worlds, they realized that they created this really good, like, Link of the Past is such a beautiful construct that they were like, let's just, and Link Between Worlds has taken the exact same frame of the original game and just played with like, it. A, a, and, and a, I think se- that... a sequel is not going to cheapen Breath of the Wild. And I think the people who are kind of against this right now are making some presumptions. This game was very uh, revolutionary in certain ways. And like I said before, kind of bringing together a lot of ideas and doing them in like the best iteration of those like game ideas. But there is still room for improvement and enhancement uh, that could be pretty significant. Mm-hmm. And all we've seen is a pretty short trailer that's probably the first 10 minutes of the game. We have no idea what's yeah. really going to happen. Yeah. And, I mean, just to tie it back to a point that was made recently, uh, it may, we were talking about Ganon, and, and maybe some people had some disappointment about him. Uh, the trailer indicates that they discover the mummified body of Ganondorf, uh, and then he comes to life. So, I mean, even that, maybe they're going to fix the problem we had with Ganon, because there's... You know, there's Ganon the Beast and then Ganondorf the individual. Maybe this will be more about Ganondorf and it'll fix something that bothered some people. So this is an opportunity for them to take what worked, uh, implement uh, new ideas and and fix some of the things to make perhaps a more, uh, an even better, you know, premier version of Breath of the Wild before they make that huge jump. What if the game is really just you? When you open it, it just becomes his spirit, and then you just get to be Ganon going around causing like obnoxious pranks on everyone <laughs> as a ghost for the entire game, like Peeves in Harry Potter. <laughs> like, Thank like you. The I've now written Ganon the game. game? Hey, send me all the money. <laughs> Untitled Ganon game. Untitled Done. Ganon game. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> let's just have the goose be in the game. <laughs> uh, um, I, someone I, make that please. All right. 
Well, let's let's slowly wrap this up. I, I have one final question I want to kind of throw out to everyone, and and I'll answer it first. Um, is Breath of the Wild the best Zelda game? Uh, is it the best Nintendo game? I'm, I will I will answer first. I do think it is the best Zelda game that is that is out there, and I do think it is the best game Nintendo has ever put out. Uh, I will concede that Mario Brothers is still the most important game they've ever put out, but I think Breath of the Wild is their is their masterpiece. I really do, and that's against Mario, that's against Pokemon, that's against Metroid. You know, that's everything else. Oh come on! Every Pokemon game is so different. <laughs> so, so those are your two questions. Is this the best Zelda game, and is it the best Nintendo game? And if not, I would love to hear your alternate answers. John, I'm staring. Do you want to answer? Well, I already staring? answered this question earlier. Okay. That it's the best game that has a Zelda has Zelda in it, but it's not the best Zelda game. It's too yeah. different and too. It's missing too many key elements, in my okay. opinion, to be the best Zelda game. That still, for me, is a link to the past. Okay. Um, for the best Nintendo game, um, I'm also going to say no. I think it's the most impressive game they put out on this new console on Switch by far. Yes. Um, I think it's, again, one of my favorite open world games. But I think there's some games in the SNES era that I think are better games. This further proves why you and I are the same person. But anyway, keep going. <laughs> I think I think sometimes in the... And this is you'll you'll appreciate this, Gavin. I think sometimes in the current uh, era of gaming, we mistake scope for quality. Yes, mm-hmm. sure. Yes. Um, yeah. Mic drop. And some of my best gaming experiences are on small games or games that are limited. Um, so I think there's a lot of different aspects to consider. I think Breath of the Wild again is an extraordinary game. I would not at this time, maybe a few years down the line after I played it again, maybe, but. Right now, I'm not willing to call it the best Nintendo game ever. Is there a, is there a best Nintendo game hovering in your head? I will a link to the past is the high past. up there, and also okay. just Super Mario World, mm-hmm. just SNES, okay. um, are two that I would put above. And I mean Nintendo developed games, not like Chrono Triggers. You know, no, of course, like yeah. Nintendo developed yeah. specifically. Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, that, that that's a a, a shot at T. Scott Ross. Uh, well, I'll, yeah, I'll, you know, yeah. yeah. I'll go next because just because my answer is going to be boring. I think yes and yes. Um, I think it'll stand the test of time, uh, or it'll be interesting to replay it and see how I feel after I replay it. But after the first play, I was just blown away about how all the things that they did with it. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was the best one of the. the I, I think it's the best bank game I've ever played. John Liz, how hard did you not have to chime in with a pun about time on that one? <laughs> I was gritting my teeth. Um, I'm already talking, so I'll answer too. I think that um, I think it's two different. I think there's two different Zeldas. I think there's where I'm with Bill. That I think there's the 2D Zeldas that I do think surpass this because they are what I think linked to the past. I think this is the best of the modern era by far, and I think this is the best thought out game they've ever made. Like they definitely thought like just going through the game you're like the amount of detail that's in there i think this is the best that they've done in terms of developing their thought and then i agree with lewis on scope by far like i think that sometimes you go too far i think that's why final fantasies are terrible now honestly Mm. so yep so wait what's your what do you think is the best nintendo game gavin the best well i mean i think that in terms of scope that i think that 
in terms of development, I think Link to the Past is okay. like up there for that. Um, I think, yeah, in terms of uh, Nintendo specifically developed things, yeah. Bill, I would love to hear your answer on this. Well, my answer to both is uh, yes. The Legend of Zelda Wand of Gamelon for the Philips CDI. <laughs> Done. <laughs> so wrong. Outcast <laughs> status achieved. It's wrong. I mean, Nintendo didn't make it, so I guess, yeah. The Zelda breakfast is. cereal is the best. Yeah, you really shat the bed there. Uh, I just want to go and bomb some Dodongos. No, uh, so my favorite Zelda, just again, is uh, Legend of Zelda A Link Between Worlds. And my favorite Nintendo game, that's... That's tough. Uh, I guess I would go with Mario Brothers 3. Ooh. Ooh. Well played. No, that, Ooh. That's, Lots that's, of ghosts on the, on the chat now. Uh, Matt Young, what about you? I think it's the best Zelda. Uh, it, it, but Zelda's my favorite series, so it's really hard to pick one over the others. And they sort of all, for me, eclipse all other Nintendo games and kind of games in general. Uh, Wind Waker is a very, still a very close second for me personally. Uh, best Nintendo game ever. It's probably a tie for this and Super Mario Brothers three. It's that's such a good classic, great Mario game. Um, very, I mean, obviously very totally different, but like, that's a dead heat. And I'm hoping the sequel will feel like a real sequel instead of like Majora's Mask. That's just like a rehash of things. I'm feeling like they're gonna build on it and like. We're starting the Zelda cinematic universe here. Hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping it just goes in. A, I hope you guys are wrong and it goes in a wildly different direction and it is, doesn't feel like a rehash. If they just do a rehash, I then Chris, I totally see your point. Dead heat also sounds like poop. Like I have to, I have to, I have to drop a dead heat. I don't know. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Christian, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, if I have to give a binary yes or no, it is probably the best Zelda game. I think it's very much like. Ocarina, there's the original, and then Ocarina of Time take it, took it to a new thing and kind of redefined what it is. And I think Zelda has just done it again. So I think we're now in a new era of what Zelda's going to be. So it's almost a three-way tie, but ultimately it's the one I enjoy the most and my favorite. I still probably, my knee-jerk answer is that the best Nintendo game is probably Super Mario 64 for the way it kind of defined what uh, 3D gaming will look like, and we're still in 20, you know, 25 years later, that's still where we are. Um, so I still think that's the most significant, important game Nintendo's ever made, but uh, Breath of the Wild is going to be in it. Any, any list of the top five has to include Breath of the Wild. Scott. So, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild is uh, definitely the best Zelda game. My second favorite Zelda game is actually also uh, Link Between Worlds, uh, which was the first Zelda game I completed and immediately restarted from the beginning. A fantastic game, completely different game, but I will say they are both Zelda games. Um, so there's been many unbelievably influential games in Nintendo's history with the original Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3, Super Mario World, Link to the Past, uh, uh, Super Mario Galaxy was the first time when they just changed that and revolutionized platformers. Nintendo constantly, with their own stuff, you know, you know, astonishes the gaming world. But Breath of the Wild was different. I thought Breath of the Wild really transcended... Uh, gaming to where it wasn't just nintendo fans appreciating that it was a masterpiece it was literally the entire gaming industry that this game is 
clearly the best game that Nintendo has ever put out. We also forgot to mention uh, Mario Tennis for Virtual Boy. <laughs> That's a bad. I still, I still have a headache from that. playing that game. I still have it. Rightfully or wrongfully, you know, Scott, you bring up a good point. Like we didn't really talk about this, but the gaming press too, like jumped on the Breath of the Wild bandwagon, and you know, kind of did a bowing down. We are not worthy moment to Nintendo, um, which was great to see. Like all these other companies, Microsoft, Sony, kind of like go, yeah, you know what, you guys did it. Like great job, um, fantastic. So I just realized we probably should do a best Nintendo game podcast sometime because we all had uh, wildly different answers, and that might be an interesting discussion. But we will save that for another time. I have to bring this discussion to a close, but real quick, um, let's go around and, and you know tell us what you're working on and where people can find you, and we'll start here in L.A. John, where, where can people send you Zelda hate mail if they're oh, angry great. at your uh, well, they can find They can find me on social media at John Loose Wins. Um, and Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. And I'm working on a new podcast that will be out in January called The Lost Angels of Hollywood. It's an improvised podcast where I play a, a forgotten legend named Jacqueline Foss, and I interview other women who were legends in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but they were fake characters, and we improvise. We do Terry Gross-style interviews. That's there we go. That's fantastic. Um, people in Chicago, where can people find you? Wow, okay. Uh, so I have my own video game podcast called So Many Bits. It comes out uh, every Monday. I feature develop, uh, excuse me, I feature interviews with different uh, game developers and people involved with the video game industry. Uh, Chris himself was a guest recently, so, and we talked about his mocap acting background with the uh, NetherRealm studio. If you need to reach me, I'm on Twitter at So Many Bits. I will block anyone who tries to engage with me about Zelda on there. And uh, I also play wow. games. <laughs> I also play games on Twitch, uh, Wednesday and Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time. Usually, either Magic: The Gathering online, or for Thursdays, just a uh, a potpourri of different games. Uh, this is Matt Young. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at More People Happy. Uh, I'm happy to listen to what you have to say about Zelda. So any <laughs> any hate mail for Bill, I'll take. Uh, and uh, I have a podcast called Hello from the Magic Tavern that you can listen to every Monday. With bonus kind, with bonus content coming out on Thursdays, on the Stitcher Premium app, and uh, we just finished the Improvised Star Trek podcast after ten years, so every episode is available online right now. You can listen to the whole thing from beginning to end if you have seven days. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, uh, so for Gavin, uh, you can find me at hatemailforbill.com, and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't do anything anymore because Chris Bashan uh, stole my, my, my straight wife away and took her off to Plastic L.A. Land, so she's out there now. Uh, no, I don't really, I, I don't know, you can train with me at FFC. Um, like, I, yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, that's it. I don't, I don't do much anymore. <laughs> uh, and this is uh, Jeremy Connie. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Wrath of Connie. Um, and, and on Nerd Outcast Podcast. Uh, not producing a lot of uh, straight-up creative content anymore, so happy to be a guest and, and really excited to talk about more nerdy things. For the studio season three. Yeah, and studio also season studio three. season Confirmed. Three. Uh, <laughs> Melissa and I have come up with movie. a lot of it, and 
John Luce, you're in it. Just, you know, we've already talked about Christian it. Masonic, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at, at Masonic uh, on Twitter. That's M-I-S-S-O-N-A-K. Um, I, uh, I'm an actor and a writer based out of Chicago for now, although that is changing soon. Um, see me in things if my name is listed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, definitely talk to me about Zelda because I'll talk to people about Zelda. I don't care who they are. I don't care if they're creepy or weird or make me feel physically unsafe. Uh, I will talk to you about Zelda. So please at me. Scott. Yes, me. Uh, you guys can follow me at at T Scott Ross. Um, well, I have some very, very exciting news. Uh, I guess I can share on this podcast because by the time this podcast airs, this news will be public. Uh, I will be, uh, if you're in the New York City area, I will be starring in the New World Stages production of Rock of Ages uh, in New York City. Uh, so come check me out. Follow me on Instagram. Congratulations. Congrats. That's very cool. That's awesome. Thanks. That's great. I found out yesterday. Nice. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you should be clear for, for letting people know because this episode will come out in a few weeks. Um, yeah, I've been your host, Chris Bashan. You can find me on, on uh, Instagram under the same name. You can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm always happy to talk about uh, Nintendo and Zelda. I usually judge my friends pretty harshly on uh, whether they like Nintendo or not. So uh, I tend to have a lot of Nintendo friends, for better and for worse. There's no worse. It's all good things. Um, We have a bunch of different episodes coming out this year. It's been a big year for nerds. We did an MCU kind of look back at the entire Infinity Saga. We talked about Game of Thrones. We just did a Star Trek Discovery podcast. And we'll be talking about Rise of Skywalker soon at some point. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, But I hope uh, you will give this uh, Breath of the Wild podcast some likes. So I've been your host, Chris Bashan. And joining me tonight to talk about Breath of the Wild have been... John Luce. Jeremy Connie, Bill Nielsen. Matt Young. Gavin Donnellan. Christian Masonic. And T. Scott Ross. And thank you for listening.